You know, the idea of saving Gotham City is same as writing something down with a broken pencil. <laughs> it's just pointless. <laughs> Welcome back to another episode of Films Unchained to talk about 2019 phenomenal masterpiece Joker starring Joaquin Phoenix and Robert De Niro. Actually, the fact that I forgot that Robert De Niro was in that film just to show that Joaquin Phoenix definitely got everyone's attention and it definitely earned him an Oscar win for Best Actor in the Leading Role. I remember it was around the same week last year. I watched it late at night, and I cannot forget the atmosphere, Bill, of the character development, the feeling of reality, depiction, and struggle of mental illness. I got numb into watching it, especially uh, with the original score of Hildur Gonadotter. Finally, I can say that name. Holy. If you told me as a kid that I'd be rooting for Joker in that movie, I'd tell you you're out of your mind. But just like that, Joker definitely blew my mind. And I don't mean literally like Murray. Spoiler alert. But we're going to talk all about it. Uh, we're going to first uh, basically present the summary of the movie. Then we're going to talk about the symbols being involved. Next, we're going to be discussing how this movie is relatable to uh, real life in our modern society. And after that, we're going to be talking about whether the Joker is a hero a villain or an anti-hero. And finally, we're going to end off with the final takes and lessons we can learn from this movie. Uh, just to give you a heads up that the summary in this one is five minutes. If you don't want to listen to the summary, just skip it. But if you want to refresh uh, your mind, uh, like remembering the movie, listen to it. If you have not watched this movie, I recommend you to pause this episode, watch the movie, and then come back listening to this episode. All right? We're going to start right now with the movie summary. Let's get to it. Arthur Fleck is a party clown with a dream to be a comedian, disregarded by the society of Gotham City. He lives with his mother, Penny, in an area filled with unemployment, crime, and welfare. He has a condition where he laughs uncontrollably and not displaying his emotions properly therefore taking medications prescribed by his psychiatrist. One day, Arthur got beaten up by a gang of boys. Randall, his co-worker, gave him a gun for protection. How thoughtful of him. He meets Sophie, a single mother and his neighbor, and he's getting to know her before inviting her to his upcoming stand-up show at a nightclub. One day, Arthur was entertaining kids at a children's hospital, and the gun fell out of his pocket, getting him fired. And apparently, Randall lied to the boss, saying that it was Arthur's gun trying to save his own ass. Depressed and betrayed, Arthur was on the bus and ends up laughing uncontrollably. Before got beaten up by three drunk businessmen after trying to bully and harass a female passenger. Then he pulled out a gun and shot them for self-defense. And on that moment, he seems to try unchaining something he's been locked with the famous bathroom dance. Even though these men were awful, 
Thomas Wayne, out of any man, condemned the murder and believed that they didn't deserve this. He just created a spark of a riot against the big leagues. A clown became a symbol of demonstration. And it's getting worse for the ones who are in need, when especially when Arthur finds out that he can no longer get his prescribed medication. The following night, Arthur performed a stand-up comedy show at the nightclub. He had difficulty in delivering his jokes and he laughs uncontrollably. Embarrassing at first, but we see Sophie in the audience supporting him. And we see that Arthur is happy for the first time until he returned home where he finds a letter from Penny written for Thomas Wayne saying that Arthur is his son. So he decided to visit Wayne Manor where he met the young Bruce Wayne until Alfred made him to back off. Arthur finds Penny suffering a stroke and transferred to the hospital after having two detectives investigating Arthur for the recent murder. He confronted Thomas Wayne sneaking into the theater. Thomas told him that he was adopted and it only got worse for Arthur where he stole Penny's file at the Arkham State Hospital that not only he is adopted but he was abused with his mother and all it took was one bad day and on that day we found out that Sophie was never with him and it was just part of his imagination and he lost his sanity after that day, Arthur killed Penny, he killed Randall, the jackass that got him fired. And last but not least, he got invited by his own idol, Murray Franklin, on his late night show due to a surprising popularity of Arthur. He could have been the happiest man of all time because his idol and his imaginary father figure was inviting him on the show, but he wasn't. Because Murray Franklin mocked Arthur by showing clips of his comedy routine, humiliating him and making fun of his laughing condition. And that infuriated Arthur. And the last thing he wanted was his own idol making fun of him. The show where he always has his comfort zone and where he gets warmth broke his heart. What is he going to do now? Set for the night, and all dressed up, the detectives tried to chase him. On a train full of clown protesters, a riot was incited, and they beaten up the detectives to death for shooting one of them on the train, and Arthur had the upper hand. Live on The Murray Show, Arthur is introduced as Joker after requesting Murray to do so for calling him so on his stand-up, and there he lets it all out. He told the audience that he killed the three men on the train for being uncivilized and bad. He went on about people like Thomas Swain abandoning those who are suffering, especially from mental illness, and people like Murray mocking him and the mentally ill. And then bang, Joker shot and killed Murray live. <laughs> and then what happened? He got arrested, a riot took place in Gotham, Thomas and Martha Wayne got murdered, except for young Bruce. The ambulance crashed a police car where Arthur was inside, ended up being freed. At the top of the car, we see him dancing and uses his own blood to make a smile on his face. And we see 
on that scene that Gotham broke loose and the riot is cheering for their hero. Before ending the movie, we see Arthur laughing because he has a joke, but a psychiatrist wouldn't get it. And we see the film ends after we see Arthur walking, leaving a trail of bloodied footprints. So I think the first thing we need to discuss is basically the symbols being involved in this movie. And there's so many of them. I don't know where to start. And I cannot express that enough, but let's just begin with it. So I think the first thing we need to discuss uh, of the many symbols is basically the clown makeup and the mask. In the beginning, when Arthur tries to put a smile on his face forcefully, but he could not hide his sadness and suffering. You see, in the world behind every smile could be a billion tears. And we see that with many people who are being depressed and even the ones who entertained us in our lives, such as Robin Williams and Anthony Bourdain, uh, were depressed on the inside and they don't show it because they just want to put a smile on everyone's face. Uh, going back to it at the same time with the clown makeup and mask, it can hide the identity of those who are sad and depressed, angry, suffered and victimized. The only difference between the makeup and the mask is that makeup is harder to remove. The second thing we need to discuss is Arthur's three different laughs. So there's the conditional laugh. Uh, that's where in the beginning of the movie, after he got beaten down by the kids and they showed the title, his laugh goes forcefully, something like, <laughs> it's like he's out of breath. And from the movie, it's basically his conditional laugh when he was suffering and he was traumatized. The second one is his fake laugh. So whenever he un he does not understand a joke, but he wants to join with the crowd or the audience who are laughing, he fakes it. And it goes something like this. <laughs> uh, like in the scene whenever uh, when he was in a stand-up comedy. Uh, when he just tries uh, to laugh uh, with people. And when you see that with, uh, uh, like throughout the movie, like when he was invited to the Murray show, uh, when everyone's laughing, he's fake laughing. So that's the second laugh. Now the third laugh is his genuine laugh. We first hear it after he shot Murray. Uh, and then uh, when he was inside the police car, you notice that he was laughing for real. That's his actual laugh and he's smiling uh, on the inside. And then also finally at the end of the movie, when he was talking to his uh, therapist and psychiatrist uh, at the Arkham Asylum, I believe, uh, he laughs for real uh, and he was enjoying what he just did or what he just saw. And his laughs uh, go something like this. <laughs> That's his real laugh. And uh, it's very noticeable in this movie and it has to be uh, mentioned. Uh, the third thing, uh, the third symbol is the rain. Now, Arthur has been through a lot, especially when he found out that uh, Penny was not his mother. Uh, he was just adopted. Um, she was dealing with uh, a narcissistic uh, personality disorder. And uh, she never protected him from uh, an abusive uh, 
well, I guess say like adopt father or like her husband. He was traumatized as a kid, but she did nothing to him. And uh, when he found out that Penny was his, uh, not his real mother and his whole life was a tragedy, he lost it. And uh, he had such a bad day. And I remember from the uh, Killing Joke, uh, Batman, the Killing Joke comic book where Joker says, all it takes is one bad day to reduce the sanest man alive to lunacy. That's how far the world is from where I am. Just one bad day. All it takes is one bad day. And he's had the worst one. Until the rain. Uh, the symbol of the rain is basically like a baptism. When uh, rain poured uh, basically on him, his mannerisms change. He's no longer hiding his anger and frustrations. He's no longer faking it. It symbolizes that he's baptized from the filth and pain he's been through. Not reborn. More of a newborn man. Arthur is no longer sane. Joker is now being in full control of him. Followed by the rain is the sound of the clock ticking. And we hear that noise in three different scenes. The first one was between Sophie and Arthur when he entered her home uninvited and when he told her that he had a bad day and putting uh, a hand gesture of a gun uh, like he's shooting uh, himself in the head and that sound came about guy goes like this like the clock ticking very fast it shows that he's basically getting in he's becoming insane and madness is about to take place and we see that in the two following scenes where he was being chased by the two detectives uh, you know, basically uh, run away from them, going to the train, and then basically walking away from them. And this have in this one specifically, it still applies that madness is about to take place. So it still follows that symbol. And the third one is basically the scene between Murray and Arthur, uh, uh, introduced as a Joker, of course when he admitted that he killed uh, the three men and he didn't have any regrets whatsoever, he asked Murray a question. And that specific clock ticking sound came about when he was asking Murray, what do you get when you cross a mentally ill loner with a society that abandons him and treats him like trash? In all of these three scenes, we as audience like felt you know, like that little bit of anxiety, that fear that something bad is about to happen. And it clearly showed that, you know, madness and something bad happened, whether to Arthur or the ones that hurt Arthur. So it was just like that specific noise that gives us the feels that something is about to happen and it's not going to be good. So it was a beautiful piece. The next one is the dance. Now I just call it the bathroom dance because that's the first that that's where like the first uh, dance showed up. Uh, to me, it's as if there was a beast or something like a soul or like a tragic a tragic soul within Arthur that he wants it to unleash, or he is just expressing his emotions and wanted to take full control of his emotions, but he just couldn't for some reason. 
what is interesting is that you only see him dancing when he puts on the clown makeup. That was that was an interesting part. I don't never saw Arthur uh, doing that dance. It was just him on the clown face. And at the end, uh, when he was dancing in front of a crowd at the top of the police car, he's fl- he's dancing freely. He's dancing with no hesitation. And that led to the final symbol, which is using his blood to put a smile on his face. In this one, I love the message. I love the scene. I, I love like even the buildup with the music. It's trying to tell us that Arthur Fleck is dead. Joker is here. And he brings madness to the world as the emergency exit. And a nice way that led to this is when uh, he requested Murray uh, on the show to introduce him as Joker. He does not want the world to know who's Arthur Fleck. He just wants the world to remember him as Joker. Uh, With the makeup on his face. And when uh, they're asking, why do you put... uh, like the makeup, are you trying to start a movement uh, with things that has been through in the movie? And uh, Arthur, now Joker, asked them, uh, do I look like the kind of a clown that can start a movement? To be honest, the answer is no. He did not start a movement. He is the movement. For the ones who struggle financially, mentally, emotionally, the ones who are not taken care of by the li- big league in Gotham. So he did not start a movement. He is the symbol of movement in the movie. So the next one, we're going to look at how this movie is relatable in real life. And by relatable, I mean these. Number one, mental health and mental illness is real. And not many people pay attention to it. Number two, how the big leagues, an industry, a corporation, company, or even a government, are not focusing on contributing to help the ones in need. Food, shelter, healthcare, you name it. Number three, the idea of corrupted government. Come on, we see that a lot, especially right now. Four, the idea of One starting a movement to defy the system and declare a right to stand for what they believe in. One figure, idea, or symbol can create a movement, whether good or bad. We saw that with everything that happened in 2020 and even with the start of 2021. For example, the No Justice, No Peace movement. Many events that happened due to police brutality, racism, and discrimination. Innocent people such as George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, and Tony McDade were victims of police brutality, racism, and discrimination by those who were supposed to serve and protect. These events led to starting the movement of no justice, no peace, because enough was enough. It started a movement around the world to bring awareness and attention that we need to stop this. There was an event that took place on May 28 in Minneapolis, Minnesota, where the police station was being burned down. And there was a picture of that, flames going up, and protesters were rioting. It was close to the scene of the movie where after Joker shot Murray and he did his speech about how we have to sit there like good little boys 
and he just continued to talk about what he believed in. And the entire city was full of protesters and rioting, especially when Joker was at the top of the police car. Everyone was cheering. Let's look at another example, the invasion of the U.S. Capitol on January 26th. Anti-maskers and pro-Trump supporters, after the one-hour speech of Donald Trump saying to never give up and never concede, and we need to show the kind of pride and boldness that we have, you get the idea. We're mob breaching the Capitol. It led to breaking windows, climbing inside the building, and it led to people evacuating the building. And it became one of the ugliest days in the States, especially for starting the new year. That says it all. How the idea of one can motivate others to do something. And this is just of the many real life examples. These events happened and we see that resemblance in the movie. And we hear also the stories of many serial killers about how they became the product of their environment and corrupted past. Look at Charles Manson, Eileen Warnos, killer clown John Wayne Gacy, and many, many more. I'm not saying what they did was justified. Absolutely not. I'm bringing their names because they share the one thing in common with Arthur Fleck, which is having a terrible past and childhood, being traumatized, and to become what they became, especially because of a terrible, corrupted environment where they're being treated like trash. So you see there's a lot of resemblance of these factors in the movie Joker, that if we do not take care of our society, and not respecting each other, or even contributing for a good cause. We're just making a mess. These factors are real. We see that every day, and we need to talk about it even more. Now to the next part is the idea of Joker. Is he a hero, a villain, or an anti-hero? Let me ask you this. Did you feel sympathy for him? And were you rooting for him when he killed those who hurt him? If it's yes... That kind of answers your question. Think about it. Arthur has been victimized by the filth, dirt, pain, and lack of sympathy brought by the society of Gotham. See, I remember back when in high school, there were three kinds of protagonists versus antagonists. There is person versus person, hero versus villain, obviously. There is person versus self. And then there is person versus society. I'd say Joker is two out of three, the person versus self and person versus society. Gotham is the main antagonist. The society is basically the villain of the movie. As with Arthur Fleck or Joker, I'd say he is more of an anti-hero. He's not the typical hero that we usually see, whether it's like Superman or Batman at the same time, we really can't call him a villain because, let's be honest, we were rooting for him in the movie. We can't deny that. Don't pretend that you didn't cheer for him. But he's, I'd say in this movie, he's more like an anti-hero. Why should I apologize for the monster I've become? No one ever apologized for making me this way. This applied to the movie. I mean, it's easy to blame a person. But what about the society who created the persona, created the mentality? Like the idea is like, we got to focus on the society and the environment, of course, not just with the person. See, it's a package kind of thing. 
if I behave in a certain way, I got to observe my own environments. To me, my opinion, Joker is an anti-hero. Not a, and you, if you look at the real life examples of those serial killers, they all share that comment of traumatizing childhood, negative thoughts and all that stuff. And these things in common led to become what they are. Hands down with no second thoughts, Gotham is the bad one. Pushing people down like Arthur, putting people down like him from getting the help that they want, from getting the medications that they need, for, for services that are being shut down by the government due to economic reasons. It just to show that the city does not even care about the people. And even in Arthur's journal, when he wrote, I just hope my death makes more sense than my life, it just to show that he wasn't taken care of by the city that he lives in, by the society that he lives in. At one point, he wanted to commit suicide on live TV on the Murray Franklin show. Wanted to make a statement, probably wanted to get out of this life. But because of the cruelty and mockery that he had to deal with, especially for Murray, he realized that the filth should is enough, especially for the ones who are suffering. Because it shows that the, the society in Gotham is ignorant, especially with its social injustice. For putting people down, the ones who are suffering from mental illness as well, like Arthur. So if this doesn't show that Gotham is the antagonist, then I don't know what the meaning of bad is. I think we can all learn from the movie Joker. Uh, the first thing that, that popped up uh, learning from all of this is that we can't expect people to behave like us. You know, at the end of the day, we don't know what other people are going through, whether it's mental illness, depression, financial issues, family issues, even suicidal thoughts. You know, like when I first got the... Uh, news that Robin Williams uh, died I uh, committing suicide, I couldn't believe it because he brought so much joy to the world. But that it, it opened my eyes that we don't know what other people are going through. And that was basically the take from that movie that really got my attention is that, you know, the worst thing anyone would do is basically expecting people to behave like him or her. You know, like if, if you think that you're, you know, you got to expect people to behave like you, then you suck. Straight up, you just suck. Uh, the second thing, um, mental illness is real. And we need to pay attention to it and take it seriously. Uh, we need to basically acknowledge it. We need to basically pr uh, create awareness of it. We need to basically educate others about it. And I think that's very important because in the movie, it you rarely see that. You rarely see that. And and that and that sucks, but you know, in some areas, like that's that's the reality of things. I think we need to really uh, promote the awareness uh, of mental health. The government needs to help and support those in need, especially in poor areas, uh, with the increase of medical care. And for the government to get support, they must show support to the society as well. And it shows that it's a parallel relationship. You cannot go independently. Like it's a codependent relationship. Um, and for from we can learn from Arthur Fleck is that 
when you being hit with a critical point, especially on your bad day, patience and kindness are the last things to think of. I think the first uh, things that uh, he he had in mind was basically wanting support. He he wants care. He wants someone to be there for him. And in the movie, it, it shows that he did not have anyone to be there for him. And what we can learn from the movie is that we need to be there for each other. Uh, even uh, giving someone a quick phone call or basically visiting uh, each other, uh, making sure that if if the, the people that you love are okay, even those who you don't, do not know much, but showing care or even showing a smile is an, an act of charity. And we can basically do that as humans because the last thing we want is showing that humans, well, actually humanity is corrupted. Humanity is beautiful, but not all humans are. And we need to avoid that. And actually, I forgot the last point is that don't expect to get respect if you're going to be an arrogant, egotistical, self-righteous prick. And I think you know who I'm talking about in that movie. Actually, probably few. But that's not, that's but you get the point. My final take is that Joker. The movie is one of the best movies of 2019. Joaquin Phoenix, as always, did a fantastic job portraying Joker, winning Golden Globe, Academy Award, and BAFTA uh, for being the best actor in the leading role. Uh, there's also like many other awards, but you know I can't remember all of them. But he definitely deserved the recognition, and uh, Hildur winning the best original score is well deserved as well it definitely brought the atmosphere for that movie especially the bathroom scene uh her music of the bathroom dance was spot on and fantastic and what i noticed is that walking phoenix is the second person to portray uh joker after heath ledger and winning basically awards for their portrayal and what's interesting is that Joker, a known villain in the comics and the movies, got recognized in the Oscars. That's just, you know, like, that's just amazing and mind-blowing uh, to think about. And we have finally reached the end of this episode. Already that quick. I really enjoy talking about Joker. It's one of my favorite movies of all time. And uh, I hope you all enjoy listening to this episode as much as I did recording it. It's a very important movie to watch. And it's not because it's about and based on the character Joker and relates to Batman comic books. Because if it was, I would have been talking about The Dark Knight already. But in this one, it's an important movie because we can always uh, learn the lessons and messages from this movie about how can we contribute to the society? How can we strengthen our community? It's very important to uh, show respect and being kind to others. These are the lessons uh, we can learn, or maybe there's more than that. Of course, there's more than that. As long as it creates meanings for you and you can learn from it, that's what matters. And especially in this movie or even like any other movie, storytelling creates meaning for all of us. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. And thank you 
to all of you who are sending me uh, like feedback and support and the fact that you're enjoying uh, the content being shared on this podcast, especially from the last three episodes, it definitely means a lot. And I'm very happy that you're enjoying it. And this is, uh, you know, not that we're, we're just getting started and we can't wait to share with all of you. And we're just getting started with Films Unchained. And uh, I'm very happy and stoked uh, to share more episodes, more content, and there will be special guests as well. I mean, I'm happy you enjoyed the guest of uh, Soul with Jody Aberdeen, and I'm looking forward to many more. And we will see you next time on Films Unchained podcast, where breakdowns, movie analysis, and film talks take place. Have a good day. And always remember, that's life. Thank you for listening to today's episode of Films Unchained Podcast. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did talking about it. Reach us out for recommended movies you'd like us to talk about. And if you miss them, watch our episodes currently available in this podcast. Stay tuned for future episodes.